Hello and welcome to episode 54 of the Alfa Romeo Driver podcast, brought to you by the Alfa Romeo Owners Club. I'm Guy Swarbrick and with me this afternoon I have one of the club's newest members, but a man with a long Alfa pedigree, Alan Greenhouge. Good afternoon, Alan. Hello, Guy. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. We'll get on to why we've got you on the call later on. There's a very specific reason why we're talking to you this afternoon. I guess people who've seen the label for the podcast have already worked out what that is, but we'll kind of keep the anticipation for that for a little bit later on. But the the car we're going to talk about later on is not your first Alpha, is it? How, how, how far back does your Alpha ownership go? Well, I'm originally from New Zealand, and my father had a Alpha Sud Sprint Veloce that was an awesome car and he ended up giving that to me to do something with because it was a little bit of a pain and I fell in love with it. It was a great car and I used it for about a year before I realized that it was going to take more resources to keep it on the road than I had as I was just embarking off to university. And so I decided that I would sell it, you know, which I did, but I missed it terribly and thought it was a a, a wonderful car. And I did quite a few journeys in it around New Zealand and got to know its quirks, its rust spots that kept needing fixing and its fuel leaks of its Weber carbs. And I fettled with it quite a bit and uh, fell in love with Alphas. There's quite a long tradition actually on this podcast of guests and indeed the presenter having had a a Sprint Veloce as their first car. So uh, you're you're in good company. I presume the the next car at university probably wasn't another Alpha. How long was it before you came back into the fold? Oh, it was quite some time. I've been in the UK for about 20 years. And when I arrived, I had a company car. But sooner or later, I needed to buy another car. And uh, I went down to my local Alpha dealer and said, I need something quite urgently to get around in. And uh, they showed me a silver uh, 147 two-liter twin spark, which was a, a great looking car and it drove well. And so I picked that up as my first car that I owned in the UK. And again, did lots of travel around the UK in that and thought it was uh, a, a, a wonderful little car. And as a, a year went by, I, I realized that what I really wanted was something a bit more special. And so when I found out about the 147 GTA, I uh, went straight into the same Alpha dealer and convinced them to get me uh, a 147 GTA and uh, did a deal with them where they would take the, the twin spark off me when it arrived. And you know, within uh, six or eight months, I drove out of there in, in a lovely red 147 GTA. Uh, which you still have. I do indeed. It's a, a cherished member of the family. And we've done a couple of cross-European trips in it. I've been to quite a few owners club meets in it and um it's it's just a wonderful thing and you know i first knew that i was an alfisti when i realized that i was a lot better at buying alphas than i am selling them and um and that's why to this day i've uh, still got the 147 gta i'm the first owner of it and it's a hard car to part with there's been a lot written about them, but my experience is that it's just lovely and uh, we've driven it lots of places and thoroughly enjoyed it. The, f- the first time we met, I-, I didn't know that I was about to see the car we're going to talk about, but uh, but walked past the GTA in the in the car park and thought, oh, that's nice. Not not realizing it was you know, by some distance your second second nicest car 
at the venue that day. Yeah, I have a couple of other cars, but I decided that the, the, the 147 GTA was the car to take up to, to the event that we met at. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's great. You know, you can put a bit of stuff in the back and you can sit on the road and have a very comfortable journey wherever you need to go. And you know, with, with the wonderful sound of the, the, the Busso V6, and plenty of acceleration under your right foot. It's it's a nice car to travel in. I didn't quite understand quite how this on display it would be when we we <laughs> we, we took it to the to the recent event. But yeah, it was uh, it was the car for the day. I think. Yeah, absolutely. And and yeah, we we were going to get there eventually. But the event that we met at was the the preview of the Tonale. And before people got to see the Tonale, they walked in through the the reception area of the Motor Technology Center, I think it is, in Coventry. And and there was your GTAM in in its full liveried glory. So t- tell us a little bit about how that journey began. How did you end up with? Not just a GTAM, but one of the very few race-inspired livery GTAMs. I had had much satisfaction with the 147 GTA, and I was asking myself for a number of years, what comes next for me? And I had looked at Maserati, and I had looked at secondhand Ferraris, and I'd been along to a number of events. And I, I pretty much decided that I wanted a, a limited edition car, but I'd had no idea what that would be. And early on, when the 8C came along, I thought long and hard about that, but it was, you know, it, it was too rich for me. And I wasn't really committed to how I would sort the ordering process out. And I wasn't sure whether the 8C was the car for me. So uh, I was also really tempted by the, the Quattrofolio, uh, Julia Quattrofolio, um, when that came out. But it wasn't a limited edition, but it was heading in the right direction. So I, I had a little bit of a tip-off that the, the, the GTA was coming. And I thought quite early on that that was the car for me. I'd also heard rumors of the, the, the mysterious Alpha 6C that you know, may be coming along. And, and I, I initially had put down an interest on, on that. I didn't pay a deposit or anything like that. But again, it wasn't a limited edition, and then it became a Maserati. And um, allegedly, allegedly, who knows? But but <laughs> when I knew more about the GTAM, I, I, it was the car that we were looking for. And I, of course, I didn't know much. But what I did know is that I would learn more at Geneva. And so, um, March 2020, I booked a flight to Geneva to go to the motor show, and I. Had a hotel. Nice, nice, quiet, uneventful month. Yes, exactly. I, I, I had a hotel booked and everything and um, w- was led to believe I would see something interesting. So, And then, of course, the world ended. <laughs> and you know, the, the COVID came along and there was no Geneva Motor Show and I re-evaluated. And I, I, I obviously watched the online launch with some anticipation. I, I, I was all over that. And decided straight away that whatever the GTA was, it was the car that we were going to add next to the garage. I had no idea how you go about that, but what, what, what I did the very next morning is 
I went down to my local alpha dealer and with the uncertainty about how the order process would, would work, I prepared, and, and this is a little bit, this is the embarrassing bit, Guy, but <laughs> I prepared a presentation which was basically to convince the dealer that if they were giving out allocations for GTAs, that, that I was the man. And so I had the story of the 147 GTA. I had photos from all the trips we'd done. I'd had photos of club events that I'd been to. And um, off I sat down there and I walked into the dealership and found a guy who looked like a sales manager. And I sat at his desk and said, I want to buy a car. And he smiled and said, which one? And I told him and I proceeded to do my pitch. And within 30 seconds, he stopped me and he asked the rest of the staff at the dealership to gather around, which threw me a little bit. And I continued with my pitch and feeling quite embarrassed. But they thanked me for uh, the pitch. They told me they'd never seen anything like that before. And then told me that they, the only thing they knew about a GTA is what they'd seen on the uh, on the webcast launch the night the, the day before. So I didn't really know. I mean, you described that as embarrassing, but I think when when you're when you're trying to get what you you can probably reasonably expect to be one of a a five to ten percent allocation of five hundred cars. I think that's a perfectly rational approach. Yeah, well, I, I thought that if the GTA was for me and I didn't do this, then I would kick myself if it made Absolutely. the difference. But the, the dealer was was great. And eventually, you know, uh, later that week, sent me through a bunch of materials that they'd obviously had emailed out from Italy. And so I, I started the process. But I, I found out that in the UK that the dealers weren't going to have too much to do with the ordering process and that it was going to be done by head office. So I, I picked up the phone to Italy and started calling and yeah, they, they were surprised. But I, I have to say, they called me back. They uh, you know, let me know as much as they knew. And you know, within three calls, they said, we have a list and you're on it. So I, I thought that was was progress. So. Of course, I knew very little about the car at this point. I didn't know the price, which I'm sure we'll get to in a minute. But you know, nor, nor did I know any of the, the spec other than what I'd seen on the, the original launch. And a, a couple of months went by, and I, I'd had emails and things from Italy. And uh, eventually, I, I met James Browning, who you know um, from Alfa Romeo UK, who was the GTA brand ambassador. And that was the beginning of a you know year and a half journey with with with, with James. I, I I must say that I, I felt really good once James had called me because it felt like I was on the road to getting a car and and the information started to flow, which was fabulous. Yeah. So presumably, sometime after after that, you found out about the I think the GTA GTAM separation was was from the start, but the but the pricing came a little bit later. Things like the um, the liveries came later. So, but how did how did that kind of evolve over time? As you a realized that the the price was in the right ballpark, and 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 that there were options that you were interested in. Yeah. So, so I had guessed what I thought the price was, and I was very wrong, <laughs> um, as as I'm sure a lot of people were. And 
it was it was an easy decision to go with GTAM over GTA. I, you know, I was all in on this program. It's not a daily driver for me, and I wanted to continue my GTA story. And so GTAM is what I wanted to do. So that was the easy decision. And then we started to learn a little bit more about the the specification and the pricing and the timeframes and and all of that kind of thing. And I was I, I, I don't mind admitting that I was surprised when I heard the price. Um, I, I, I needed to think about how that would go at home. And uh, so no and, second thoughts, just a strategy for how to explain it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> And, and, and we got the green light, which was was great. So we were we were all in. Yeah, I think the biggest decision, the one I spent the longest over, was the livery question. Um, you know, so for for those that don't know, I, my car is a a red car, a, um, a Rosso Etna, and it's got what's called the Mugello 1969 livery, which is the white traditional white nose and the tricolore down down the center of the car. I wasn't sure initially whether I wanted to to do that and because it really goes to how you're going to use the car and you know I didn't want to be driving around on a daily commute painted up like a Christmas tree you know but I also wanted to make the car special yeah. and so I thought long and hard about the livery and what we ended up with was, um, you know, a very traditional looking liveried car. And we left the roundels off the side of the car, which was an option that you could, that you could choose. And it was, it was totally the, the, the right decision for us. And we're really pleased with it. And, and, and the other thing that I think is significant is that Alfa Romeo UK and, and particularly James was very good at connecting owners together. And I, I met a couple of owners at the UK launch at Garsington Opera and subsequently at Goodwood, the Goodwood event that Alpha hosted for, for the owners. And I got talking to them about what they were doing. And there was lots of interesting ideas and lots of interesting people and lots of interesting car history. And I realized that the GTAM was a car we were going to keep forever. It's a car that was going to be special. And so subsequently, delivery became, uh, you know, the, the, the option for us. And, we're, and, and one of the things that was really striking uh, or, or about delivery, I think, is it looks so much better in the, in the flesh than it does in the, in the photos. The car has a, a real presence about it that doesn't really come across in the original rendering. Yeah. rendering. So when the car did arrive, I, I was I, I was pleasantly surprised, yeah. but it was a hard decision. I'm I'm a photographer by trade, and I've I've taken pictures of your car in the in the reception at the MTC, and there's nothing you can do photographically, certainly in that light, to do it justice. It, as you say, it just looks so much better in the metal than it does it, not just in the renders, but even in in photos of the actual car. It just really pops in in real life. Yeah, it, it does. And, and one of the first questions I asked James about delivery was, is it a sticker, right? Because I'd seen the racing edition and I, I didn't really want to be having a car that had so much sticker on it. And, you know, he 
was able to share with us the process that it would be done, how it would be done, and and it's painted on, it's under the lacquer. So the coolest thing is that when you rub your hand over it, there's no interface that you can feel between the stripes or anything like that. It's perfectly smooth, and the way the lines match up is, is just a really fantastic piece of work. And I don't know how Alpha have done it, because they don't build a lot of cars with complex liveries, but it's really, really well done. And a, and a, and a credit for you know whoever at Casino is responsible for doing it. It's one of the highlights of the car, and I don't regret the decision for a minute. I'm guessing, given given the pricing, that it's quite an expensive process. Yeah, the the livery is the most expensive option on the GTAM, uh, but. I, I think it's worth it when you consider the entire proposition that we're going for. And, you know, who knows what will uh, happen in the future, but Alpha are very keen that the cars have individual histories. Uh, and, you know, that's why the numbering of the cars, I think, is important. And when you see people talking about their cars online or photographing them for Instagram, many of them quote the number of their car. And and so that's quite a cool thing. And and the livery cars, there aren't that many of them. And, and I'm 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 really pleased that we've done what we've done. So you know, having a livery car, right hand drive, GTAM, there, there won't be that yeah. many. And do do you mind telling us which number you chose and why? Yeah. So my car's number one hundred and nine. I had originally asked for one hundred and ten for the hundred and tenth anniversary. And Alpha said that they were reserving that. I, I don't know if it was still reserved and I don't know what happened to that car. But 109 is a number that has appeared uh, a lot in my, nine is my favorite number. And I've used 109 for a lot of things that I've done in my life. So 109 was the obvious choice for me. I did wonder with the delays of the program whether I should have gone for 111, <laughs> but my car's 109. And you did you did get it before 112, so that's that was yeah. one thing. Um, it's it's yeah, interesting exactly. that you, you talk about the the racing edition because I spoke to quite a lot of people when that came out. And we didn't know the GTA was coming at that point, and a lot of people looked at that and said, "Yeah, it, it's stunning, but I'm not sure that." I'd want to own it. You know, you go to a dealership and see it and it's impressive. And the, the link to the racing team is interesting. And actually a lot of the extras and the carbon aero bits and, and stuff on it were quite interesting. But people seemed quite reluctant to have that particular livery as, as a personal car. Whereas I think the the heritage aspect of the GTAM just yeah, yeah, I I think you're right. Yeah, I, I don't. I think people see racing edition in a in a number of lights. You know, the year before the racing edition was the in ring yep. edition, and and I thought that was a, a really interesting car. I was quite tempted by that. And then the following year came the racing edition, of which, of course, there were far fewer of those than there were in rings. But I, I've I've got a thing for red alphas, <laughs> and it's a white alpha. I'm pleased that I hung on. And I know it's not logical, but the GTA badge is a little bit of magic yeah. for me, and I can't really explain that. Um, and and in terms of the alpha journey that I'm on, I, I think that the GTAM is um, probably the the pinnacle of my alpha ownership. Of course, I don't know what comes yeah. next. 
which is uh, another whole conversation. And when when we met in Coventry, I think you had you'd had it for a couple of days, I think, but hadn't yet driven it. Where are we now? I, I you know, I, I still haven't <laughs> driven it much. Um, it's not currently registered, which is a bigger answer than we've got time here for now. But I, I've had a lot of work commitments over the last few weeks. But the car's going for PPF next week. It'll be registered the week after. And if everything goes to plan, then I, I'm hoping to be at the Spring Alpha Day for its for its debut. It's going to be tight, but that's that's the plan. And of course, you saw the car in Coventry and James gave me a call and asked if they could borrow it. And I was delighted to be able to help out because Alfa Romeo UK, not just James, the entire team have been really on it with 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 the process. And we and we we feel like we owe them yeah. a lot. And of course, we we were both there because we both got an interest in in having a Tonale as well, which is a another story for another time, probably. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Okay. So so you've now got the car. You're a week or so away from from having the car in a in a drivable state. But there was a whole bunch of other stuff that came with the package, wasn't there? There was racing suits and racing helmets and track days. And so where's all that process at at the moment? Yeah, yeah. So I haven't received the the cover yet, but we've gone with a customized cover. So the the cover is identical to the car's livery, which I think will look really cool. The only concern I have about the cover is that it's so nice that I might need a cover for the cover. But yeah, James still owes us uh, a few bits. The, the 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 driving in Italy is, I think, scheduled for April, May, and June. I, I don't know which of those we're going to go to, but I'm looking forward to that. And I think the bucket list is we want to take the GTAM out to Italy and 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 do some things with it. So it's not going to be a garage queen. It's it's going to be used as much as we as we possibly can. And we're going to do as many car themed things as we can squeeze in. Yeah, you know, I, I I I want to use it as much as possible. And the the race suit and the helmet is that does that come at the point of the track day or are they in a box somewhere? I assume they're in a box somewhere in Coventry, but um, haven't arrived yet. I can't really imagine myself using the the, the race suit, but I, I would like to do some track days and stuff so the helmet will be a new addition which will be which will be great but i think one of the things that we're really keen to do is to keep together all of the things that were about the ordering process in the car and the experience and the helmet and the race suit are an integral part of that. So even if they don't get used, they will be important, important additions. Yeah. And you know, that that's what we that's what we're gonna do. Race suit will probably frame up quite nicely as well. See what people do with yeah. rugby shirts and football shirts and things. Just a bit needs to be a yeah. longer frame. Yeah, exactly. I I'm not sure I've got the physique these days for um for a for a tight fitting race suit. But <laughs> I mean, you order it in a really small it. size, so that it's easier to frame. Yeah, I can't remember what size I ordered <laughs> it in, but probably won't fit no matter what I've done. So, so you yep. talked about options. Um, um, mm-hmm. Obviously, one of the options was was livery, and another one was not having the roundels on the livery. What, yep. what were the other options, and what else did you take? So, I ordered another set of wheels for the car, which I've got in my uh, in my workshop. But I learned pretty quickly with the 147 GTA that it was nice to have another set of wheels because they're unattainable these days. So I've got another set of wheels. So I, so there was a good deal on offer for GTAM owners to buy second sets of wheels. So we we did that. In terms of other options, there, you know, there were things like the belt color and the caliper cover and, and, and things like that. 
that were also options. And we spent a lot of time on it. I, I didn't know how to use Photoshop, but I got myself a copy of Photoshop and we mocked the car all up and looked at various different options. But what we ended up coming up with was keeping the main colors of the car red and white. You know, we wanted a very traditional alpha look. And so we ended up going with red calipers. And what we discovered when we Photoshopped up the car was that if you look at the way the white blends into the wheel wells, then the calipers are exactly on the red side of that boundary. And so we thought we'll put red calipers on and it looks brilliant. I, I must say we're, we're really pleased with it. I, I can't think of any other options with the car you know we've got red calipers red belts red stitching and delivery right. that that's what we've gone with yep i know a lot of the I, I use the word a lot there aren't a lot of any of them around but a lot of the people who ordered gta's rather than gtams also went for the gtam kit aero kit um so yeah. that there'll, there'll be a lot more cars that have that look than there are actually gtams around yeah i i think if you've got kids and that becomes a an important part you've got to have the four or five seats but you want the gtam look yeah. then the aero kit is is the way to go but you know the aero kit is not only the rear wing and the front splitter it's also the different suspension configuration as well for the for the different downfalls on the car so i i know that i know a few people who have gone that way uh but for us we uh we wanted the the, the, the full race seats and the and the half cage and and all the drama that goes with that and and when you sit in the car you really do have to climb into yeah. it and lower yourself in and uh, it, it's it, it's quite a snug driving position and it 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 feels special it does um it yeah. does I, I i drove the um the green press car in a, in a test for the magazine and about the only thing I could fault with it and, and it's not a fault of the car was the level of frustration of driving a left-hand drive GTAM on UK country roads so yeah, yeah. right right-hand drive is a is a huge deal I think with that car yeah yeah I, I had the opportunity to drive the the green press car at, at Goodwood and on the road and and I hadn't driven one before that and so it was it was a little bit intimidating to be thrown into a GTAM on a very wet day at Goodwood and expected to go out and do a few laps. But um, we, we were coached well by Alfa Romeo and I did not want to become famous for being the only guy <laughs> in the world that buffed a GTAM into the wall at Goodwood. <laughs> So, it, but it was a, it was a great day, and 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 driving the press car was was super fun. Yeah. I think it was um, I think it was a, a now immortal, if um, if not in a positive way, uh, delivery driver who who took the crown for for damaging that green car on the on the way to the classic motor show at the NEC. Yes, I've I, I've heard the story, and um, <laughs> I couldn't possibly say. <laughs> I, I, I know Autocar drove it to um, to Italy afterwards when it had been hastily repaired at the um, at the press garage in Slough. And I've looked through all the pictures and I, I can't see the join. So they did a pretty good yeah. job. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I, I, um, I, I think that I take the crown for asking James Browning more questions <laughs> than any other owner in the UK. But the one that really threw him is uh, a week before... Auto Italia at Brooklyn, so I hadn't heard what they were doing. So I phoned James and asked if I could borrow the car for the weekend because I wanted to go to a car show and there was silence on the other <laughs> end of the phone. A a anyway, to, to his credit, he called me back and said that they'd decided to take the car themselves. Right. So I think I may be responsible for 
for at least prompting them into some action to take the car there. But the green car at Auto Italia looked yeah. brilliant. And it it definitely was the car of the day, I think, in terms of the reaction that it that it got. So we talked about the the process up to now. What's the process what's the ownership process like from from now on? Because I presume you don't just take a, a GTAM to your local alpha dealer to to have work, let alone carbon bits change, should that be needed? So there's there's a couple of things that I think are important about GTAM that the, the run-in process is is very specific. It, it's more, more detailed than anything else I've 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 seen, and it's clear that they care quite a lot about the experience of the car going forward. Also, Alfa Romeo UK head office coordinate the servicing of the car, and and I believe that they've nominated uh, a main dealer in the north and the south that will will mainly deal with the cars. So I, although I do believe you can take it to any dealer, I, I happen to be quite close to the the dealer that's been nominated in the south. But I, I believe that the process is is overseen by Alfa Romeo UK right. centrally. Yeah, which I, I guess for the number of cars isn't that onerous a task, and and given what you paid for them is. is probably the least you could ask yeah yeah I, I it seems like the right thing to do and i i know that alpha locally are quite keen to do things with with the customers and i think one of the things that has pleasantly surprised me about the process is alpha have been really great at letting you chat with other people right so i've met uh, quite a few of the other owners, both at the, you know the Goodwood event that they held and and various other events, and we've been able to share experiences, uh, which has been fantastic. And I, I was very surprised that many other Elfisti have had the same or similar experiences to me that have led them to to GTAM or GTA, and uh, it's been great to meet new people. I. I find myself being able to talk about GTAMs all day long. The, the question I normally ask people last is, it, you know, we've talked about your car history, we've talked about your your current cars. Um, my next question is usually, what's your your dream alpha, the one alpha you haven't got and would like? And and your GTAM is the answer a lot of people give, but is is, is there anything else you'd like to have in the garage alongside it? Um, I, I, I do have other cars I, I that I don't talk about so much. I, I, I've got an old Porsche 964, which you may wonder why an Elfisti has a has a Porsche, but I felt it was a itch I needed to scratch. And it also strangely reinforced that I'm an Alpha fan. <laughs> I, I, I like all my cars, but the, the, the GTAs are the ones that I somehow feel special in because I know how they feel and I enjoy them the most. But you know, I, I, I don't know. I, it's never, ever, ever, ever going to be possible. But I, I fell in love with the 33 Stradale when I was a little kid. And that's a beautiful car. And I wandered past one of these specialist dealers that sell historic racing cars a few years ago. And they, they had a T33 race car in the window. And I, I'd actually seen the car race. And I I looked at it and wondered how that would ever be possible, and of course it's not practical, right? But the I, I you know the thirty three Stradale is the most beautiful car ever made in my opinion. It, you don't fancy completing the GTA set with something from the late sixties, early seventies? I do. I absolutely <laughs> do. Um, 
a, a, a less in life guy, you have to make some choices. Yes. And when I when I say and, completing the set, I don't, I don't mean one of every variant of the GTA and GTA M and the and the one five six. I just meant another one. So so I was fascinated by the one five five GTA Stradale story, that the one off, and I I followed that as it went to auction, and you know that that's an amazing story, but I, I I'm not sure that's attainable, yeah. but. Who knows? Who knows? I I think you know. While I love the original GTAs, I, I I think my experience with Alpha, due to my age, starts after those cars. And to be you know my story, I think is is from the 147 GTA onwards, which is why the current GTA M, the Julia GTA M, is the is the perfect car for us. And it was a really easy decision to to list that car as number one on the bucket list, despite challenges like delays and price and COVID. But you know, I, I I think what the car has done for us is it's been it's uh, the delivery of the car has been totally linked to COVID and the pandemic will always be remembered for our GTA and journey. Brilliant. I think that's a, a fantastic place to end. Thank you very much for taking the, the time to be with us today. And and hopefully I'll I'll see you out and about in the car during the course of the year. Thanks very much. You absolutely will. Thank you, Guy. That's all we've got time for this week. Alan mentioned he's planning to bring his GTAM to Spring Alpha Day at Burley House in Lincolnshire on the 24th of April. And if you weren't already aware, tickets for that event and for Southwest Alpha Day at Ford Abbey on the 22nd of May are now on sale from the club website. We'll be back as usual in two weeks' time on Sunday the 10th of April and episode 55 will be available from 1.30pm from YouTube, Podcast Addict, Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts and anywhere else good podcasts are found. Until then, stay safe.